Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Ah! Welcome to episode 10 of the Nailed It Wall. This week, we're going to talk about the power of kindness and what that kindness means to teachers. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. I'm Mr. Lane Stem Guy. And I'm Mrs. Schofield. This week, we're going to start off with our Nailed It, Failed It. And I've had an epic week in both realms. I have to start off with a great celebration. A student I had my first year in a sixth grade science classroom, he reached out to me. And I've been close to all three boys, gone to all their graduations from middle school and high school. The Medina boys, the big part of like who I am as a teacher, who I am as a parent. And these kids just mean the world to me. And David has reached the next level in the Glendale Police Department hiring process. And he reached out. He's like, I need this letter of recommendation last minute. He's like, I can come and get it. And this is like on Friday night. And I was like, we're going to a football game. I'll write this letter on Friday night. And I'll meet you down um, at the Glendale Police Station right before uh, you go in. And I had a chance. I had a half an hour to kind of hang out with him and just really talk about life and how the families are doing. And just for that student... Ten years later, he's ready to get out there and change the world. It really kicked That's off awesome. my weekend in an awesome moment. Uh, so that was definitely my highlight of the week uh, as a teacher, as educator, as a parent and friend, just to see these kids have that maturation. And yeah. the whole process started out with like 375 applicants. Now it's down to 70. And the next uh, phase is going to go to 20. So he's one of Glendale's finest. This kid loves this city. Taught me so much about life. I'm surprised you didn't go in with him. I know. I, I should have. <laughs> like, and it was just it was just so fun to kind of sit down and write this letter of recommendation cool. because I just this kid loves this city and he's just taught me so much about the city of Glendale. Before I started teaching Glendale, I'd lived in the city for two years, but I didn't realize how much I actually needed to know about the city and life and things like that. So my heart goes out to David, the whole Medina family, as he goes on to this next phase uh, through the hiring process. My fingers are crossed, We're and I, for you, I, I know he's going to do great things. I had a couple fails this week. I just start off there. I definitely nailed it in, in uh, the wrong ways as well. Friday night, we have tumbling. We get out of our PLC meetings. I rush my kids to tumbling. And our good friend, Lindsay Nelson, she's a guidance counselor at Sandra Day O'Connor. Our families, we get together. We get to sit in the end zone for all the football games on Friday nights. We're all leaving tumbling. They actually go to tumbling with us as well. I locked my keys in the car. Had, had to be down there. It's 110 degrees out there. My keys are locked in the car. I'm like, it would, it would be no big deal if I didn't have anywhere to go, but I had somewhere to go. Locked my keys in the car. So that was another one. Another one, I was setting up your classroom, trying to help you do something with the lab. Sub was coming by. He's like, hey, Mr. Lane, are you going to help me uh, set up this lab? I'm running down. It's humid in Arizona. On days when it's humid, you just sweat. Like, it's insane, like, how sweaty oh, you get. Oh, gross. It's the worst. So I'm running. I'm on the phone. My wife called me. She's like, the alarm's going off at the house. I'm, like, barking orders to my kids. I'm like, move, 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 move. I had a, luckily, I live one minute away from the school. I had to run to my house, turn off the alarm. My dog's going crazy. Throw the kids in the car. Come back here. Set up your lab. It wow. was, it was it was just an insane, insane week. But there, there was highs and lows. The highs definitely outweigh the lows. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so I had a long week, but I did have one thing that I wanted to highlight as my, my nailed it. Um, actually, last Sunday, we recorded our podcast with um, the Grabham Girls, which that was a huge highlight, and that was awesome podcast. That, yeah, by, by far, that will always be a really special one to me. It's, but the it's other, kind of a letdown now, right now, was just the two of us. So uh, we, yeah. we apologize to everybody. Yeah, it's hard to follow that tough act to to beat there. Um, but then afterward, we met with Mrs. Mayfield and her daughter. And they've been seeing us use our cricket, which we're huge cricket fans. And not the, not the sport, but the uh, crafting <laughs> <laughs> machine. And the sport so looks awesome. This, the sport looks awesome, but confusing. Um, so we met with them, and um, they, we basically helped them navigate how to make, what, T-shirts and 
decals and she's gonna um mackenzie's gonna do jewelry and all these things now we have major major envy of their cricket because they got the maker which is yeah the cricket maker is amazing now we basically need that tracy's bitmoji came out awesome though. it really did it's pretty incredible but that was such a cool thing because not only did we get to we love the cricket but then we taught someone else how to use it and like really set them off i think they're going to do a million things with that thing and it was just a really um a neat way to kind of share our love of that so that was a really awesome memory for me yeah it was great and they're going to do awesome things they're both they they're sharing this they're getting a carrying case they yeah, they brought in the maker and it, it was pretty solid it was I still don't know if that ink came out of the shirt. I washed it, but that's typical. We'll, we'll reveal that. We'll next find week. out. Yeah. That could be another nail that there. Yeah. Um, well, this episode, it's with a heavy heart that we're recording this episode. Last week, you had a lot weighing on your mind as we sat down with the grabbing girls, and you know the fact that you were able to hold it together through everything that was kind of weighing on your mind. We recorded it last Sunday. And last Sunday, you got some pretty terrible news, and. You came, uh, you returned on Friday, and you're like, what if we did a podcast about Moxie? And I kind of threw back at you. I said, the big part of this podcast is painting a picture of students, celebrating all the stories, what's great about education, and kind of the things that happen to us in life as teachers. And you were, you were like, let's just do Moxie. And I said, I think it would be great to just kind of have a tribute to like your dad, kind of what happened, all the things that you went through, the power of the community, and with that being said, it's, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, my friend. Thank you. Um, I know your personality, your spirit, you know, came from your dad. It did. Do you want to kind of talk about some of your favorite memories of your dad? Uh, well, my dad was a character. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, too, because I keep feeling like I really, I think I probably will just talk about him like in the present and just say he is because... I feel like there's all these things that keep happening where I we notice him, like his presence with us, which is pretty cool. But he was a very larger than life person. Um, he was he didn't know any strangers, so uh, that was a really great thing. But then, like I don't even know if you remember, but last year when we were ta- when we were gonna take the kids to Astro Camp, he was like, "Well, where he was gonna come and surprise me that weekend because it's my birthday weekend." Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can't come out because I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be going to this camp. And he was like, well, where are you staying? He was always wanting to bargain. And I was like, well, we're staying at the camp. He's like, well, how much is that? Because I, I think I could probably find you someplace cheaper. I think I know someone that lives <laughs> there. And I was like, you, that's not how the camp works. Like, you go with the kids to this camp. He's like, yeah, but you can cut, you can ask them for a discount if we, like, find you a different place because then you don't have to pay for lodging. I was like, I'm, we're good. Like, we're good. He's like, well, maybe just you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to this camp. But, you know, that's very much how he was. It was, and, like, if you ever were going anywhere he knew someone not he didn't have to know them personally but maybe he saw them on Facebook or maybe they were a friend of a friend's of a friend's but then they are his friend and so he would extend those invitations all the time I mean I had a perfect stranger stay with me a couple years ago just because they were friends of my dad my dad's and so I was like okay yeah I guess I think I remember you telling me that story it was so odd I didn't even know the people I'm still even hazy on who they were I, I don't I remember people staying but like my whole childhood we would, it would be very common for my dad to come home with hitchhikers, and, um, and they were down on their luck, and he would be like, oh, so-and-so is going to stay the night or a couple days or whatever. They just need a place. And we were like, who are these people? <laughs> but then that became our norm. You know, we, just, we knew a lot of people. So that was huge. And obviously, I love people. Like, I love people like my dad loves people. So, and then his other thing, which I wish I would have taken a picture because you would not believe my dad's collection, but he loved music. So Apple Music, you can imagine, rocked his whole world because he could not comprehend that he has access to everything. But his whole office, he built this whole um, built-in like shelving thing and it's literally just filled every part with cds and then armoires and drawers had cds and you know cds used to be a thing now it's like we're like what are we going to do with this This is like a museum that we could do because it's such a loss actually i have an idea about that now that i think about but um and then not only that but prior to that before cds were a thing he had records and so in the garage there's boxes and boxes and boxes of old records and that's such a big part of my childhood is like 
all this music. And I love music. Like, those are two of the biggest gifts. And he doesn't just like one type of music. He does love jazz. But he loved everything. And so it's just the weirdest thing to, like, see so much of who you are and why. Like, I know that, but it was just such a visual memory, uh, remembering of, like, okay, yeah, that's that's how I got that. Yeah. And Jenny, uh, our part of our maintenance staff at night, she couldn't get over how much you and your dad looked alike. We did and, look alike. And I talked to her, and, like, you guys have, like, that same sense of humor and, like, love of life, yeah. you know, just passion for everything that you guys did. Uh, I think that was a, a beautiful intro to uh, some of your greatest memories. Now, what were your, you know, you had a, some time to spend with him this summer. What were your biggest takeaways oh, that from the summer? Yeah, well, you know, my sister had a baby, and so that was huge because, you know, our pretty much our summer revolved around Amelia's birth. And hold on, <coughs> sorry. Um, and so, but my dad came up quite a bit. Uh, he lived like more southern um, in Southern California, and he would drive up to Woodland Hills to be with us, and he spent a lot of time, and we just, we mostly just talked and, like, laughed, and I, one day, you know, writing the bucket list was huge because there were things that we, like, purposely did, but the day he, one of the days he came up, we did um, karaoke, and my brother came into town, and so all of us were doing these karaoke things. And we have videos. Uh, and my dad is not a singer. He's definitely not a dancer. I mean, he dances, but he, he like, tries to be re reserved about that. And so we have this video of all of us doing the bare necessities together. It is, like, one of the best memories I will ever have in, in my whole life of him. But it, he was just so happy, and, like, and he could move around then. He wasn't as much in pain at that point. But, like, the kids were laughing. It was just such a happy, happy moment. And my parents did a video together, too. And so, like, obviously that was something that we really treasured. Um, and then the World Cup was this summer. So my dad and I share a major, major obsession slash, slash love for soccer. And so for Father's Day, actually, he came up, and we watched um, the U.S. play. I don't remember who they played that day, but it was a huge game. And it was so cool to be able to share that with him. He used to play soccer in college and then as an adult, and it's just something that we both have a strong passion for. So I'm glad the U.S. took it all this year. Well, he was a little bum, wasn't he, about Golden State, not stressing it to seven take, games. He so. did take that pretty hard. Yeah, he was sad. But, you know, he rallied. He rallied. Um, you know, he is very passionate about his uh, California teams, but, you know, we had a lot of highs this summer um, and this year just based on things like that. I mean, he was going to come out for a Diamondbacks-Giants game, but he didn't actually make it out. He was pretty sick at that point. But, you know, there's just a lot, like sports, like our family very much loves sports, and, again, so much of the – we usually root against him just to take him off. <laughs> <laughs> just because that's how we roll. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just an odd feeling, I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine what this has been like for you this past week and the roller coaster that you've been on. And I love hearing those stories, and thank you for sharing. Sam had – a great, great time with him this summer. Talked about like what Sam, because we even left that out when we talked about Sam's summer. Yeah. I kind of rushed Sam. I was like, we need, we need the cliff notes, buddy. But I know. This was like such a big part. I actually said that to him after when we got home. I said, oh, you didn't get to talk about your time with Papa. So he, that's um, when Amelia was born. Um, my dad had an opportunity to go up to the Bay Area to work on my grandfather's house, I think is what they were doing. And so he asked if Sam wanted to go. And my dad was really stubborn. And he, although super addicted to his iPad and his own cell phone himself, he was really adamant he didn't want Sam bringing his. So the two of them kind of butted heads on this, and they found some kind of a compromise. So they, they agreed, yes, they could make this trip happen. And it's one of those things that in the moment you know that it's, you'll be so glad that it works out. And like, we just knew. And that's why I told Sam, I said, I, you're going to always be thankful for this time that you have with him this summer. And they went up and they worked Sam. Like my uncle was laughing so hard um, when he was out for my dad's uh, funeral and stuff. But he was saying like, Sam was constantly tired. Like he'd go hide away. Like they'd be doing <laughs> manual labor. And they'd be like, where's Sam? And so my dad went to look for him. And they, they, he found him in the bathroom. He's like, Sam, are you okay? He's like, I'm hiding from Uncle Auntie because I don't want to do any more work. I'm so tired. So, um, but they worked and worked and worked. Them. And, you know, from all that, like, guy bonding and stuff, when they came back, they just had such a new appreciation of one another. And um, 
it was really special and just having that time for him and you know which is hard it's hard because now you know Sam took it really hard when you know when my dad passed away and as he should and that's what you want but it, it it's bittersweet right because he he really is connected to him and has a special relationship and you know it's hard to have that go away yeah so. and you want that for your kids you want to yeah. pass that on I remember Sam telling me the story when I first saw him. He's like, I flew back from Virginia oh or D.C. Gosh. He's like, I got in a car, drove from Phoenix to, was it your mom's house? Or you didn't even see him, right? He I drove back. I didn't see him. He, was, he went up to Woodland Hills because I was at my mom's that night. And then so he drove there. Then he yeah. drove to San Francisco. Yeah, it's crazy. Like went to like a, like a um, with your husband, like with Stan, like they went to the Giants game, right? Like, yeah, I went to the Giants game, did a bunch of uh, San Francisco touristy kind of things because people were in town. And so they were kind of uh, tapped to take them around because my dad couldn't do that. And so it was, it was a world. I mean, but when we drove home after that trip, Sam's like, if you add up all of the times I drove just in the last, whatever, many days, four or five days, he's like, it was a whole 24 hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. But it was, it was such a whirlwind, such a whirlwind for him. Yeah, just the other day, Sam was filming a video and he was rocking that giant Schofield jersey. And um, is it number 19? I forget what number he has on it. I don't I know don't if it's remember. four. Yeah, it is because he picked his birthday. Um, and so, like, he was filming something where he had to, like, fall on the grass and he took off the jersey with, with such pride. You know, this is prior um, to your dad passing but it was just kind of cool to see how much like he loved that jersey and every time I see him wearing that he's always got like such a big smile on his he face loves it. he was saying the other day he's like oh all my uh, all my nice clothes are dirty you know like and I said what are your what are your nice clothes because I gotta tell you I don't I'm not see it <laughs> and he goes well my jersey I'm thinking oh, okay I guess this is our our dress-up clothes um, but he does like he loves that thing and you know it's just one of those things he will always always treasure and when he went to the game that my dad was supposed to go to he did not wear Diamondbacks gear sorry Diamondbacks but he wore uh, the jersey for Giants to represent my dad which meant a lot to him so that was pretty cool that was an awesome That's memory. pretty awesome yeah now would you mind talking about like the the battle your dad's been going on I remember you've I've, I've known you for four years and this has been something that ongoing ongoing yeah. with highs and lows the past four <coughs> years yeah so he got diagnosed, and I was, we were trying to figure it out. Like, it's got to have been right around that time, probably about four years ago. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer, but it was already stage four. Um, prostate cancer is one of those cancers that if you catch it early, it's actually uh, pretty treatable. Unfortunately, he did not. So he's had it for a long time, and he's gone to different treatments. But, I mean, they really said it's usually a pretty quick um, cancer uh, especially stage four, like it, you don't get a lot of time and, you know, he's had four years and it's just been a, um, he's been okay. Like he's had some things where he'll kind of have, you know, pain about something or whatever, but he's had a, it's been a pretty good quality of life. Say the last year he was in a lot more pain. And so that was hard and he lost a lot of mobility and was having trouble sleeping and all that. So you know, that part was hard, but, like, I mean, in those four years, uh, he did so much with his family, and, you know, he went up to Vancouver with Finley to film her movie. I go share some of those stories. Oh, my gosh. My dad is hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, he's hilarious. So we went up. My, my niece is in this movie that's coming out soon. What's the name of the movie? So it's called Playing With Fire. Release date. Yeah, actually, November 8th. And so they, so he went up. Uh, to be with my sister and it, my sister was just saying the other day too you know to quote unquote help her but the man does not clean or cook or really any of those things so I don't know if it was comic relief I'm not sure but so he would go on set and of course he was friends with everyone like he in his mind is best friends with the director Andy and with uh you know Keegan-Michael Key and like John Leguizamo like he's best friends with all these people actually wanted all of their contact information so he could like touch base and my sister's like easy there like <laughs> easy there so um so anyway, he got all this stuff, and he would go up, and he would see Finley and John Cena, like, for instance, do a scene, and he would say, I don't feel like John nailed that scene. Like, I really feel like we should tell him, like, maybe you could do this. Or, and my sister's like, you are not telling John Cena what to do, and he's acting. He's like, well, I just think. And so he kept doing that, like, putting in his little opinions, and my sister's like, I will seriously leave you at home if you don't stop it. <laughs> but, and then the, they loved him on set, though. 
though. Like, the director, it meant the world to him, and we still haven't found. We don't know where he put it, so we're still looking for it. But he got him a director's chair made with his name. So all of the cast had those, like, you know, iconic, you know, director's chairs with their name on it, and they had one made for my dad, which is it's just something he was so proud of. And I even wasn't even thinking about it being a director's chair where you could slip that off. I'm like, you know my dad's going to try and get that as a carry-on. Like, he yeah. legit just <laughs> walked on the plane and be like, try and stop me. And so, you know, just that memory, like for my sister, it was hard because he was, he was hurting. It was hard for him to like walk, um, any kind of distance and he was pretty tired and stuff, but like, man, it made him so happy and so proud to see Finley in that. And like, just, you know, it was just such a cool experience for all of them you know, to share that even so much that I think he genuinely thought he like lived there too, because I was going to come to visit while he was gone. And he was like, well, what room is she sleeping in? And my sister's like the guest room. He's like, that's my room. And like, <laughs> and she's like, you don't live here. Like you need, then he was like, don't let her use my closet. My sister was like, oh my gosh, you were too much. So he, he finally shared, he was, he was kind and he shared, but you know, he very much was part of that whole thing. A hundred percent. I think he's probably still expecting a paycheck. Like, I think he yeah. genuinely thought like he was on payroll. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Those pictures that you shared with the chair and, oh, and Jess simple. and Amelia were just classic pictures. And you were like, you're like, we got to get this thing home to him no matter what we do. And he absolutely loved that chair. And, he did. And like you said, like Aww. you touched on earlier, he's like never cooked a day in his life. But all of a sudden, like he wanted he wanted to have people over. Oh my like gosh. Jess was like pregnant and not feeling so good. And he's like, he's like, you want to make like, you want to tell that story? Yeah, he tried to invite the entire cast over. <laughs> and Jess was staying in like a two bedroom, like apartment thing. And he was like, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to have everybody over for dinner. And Jess was like, well, first of all, we don't like when we leave, and they were having pretty late nights with Finley even, but there's like child labor laws and stuff. So she's like, when we leave, those people are still working. Like they're editing and they're doing all these things like people don't just they're not just hanging out and he was like well I mean we could always bring it to them or we can meet a restaurant and, and my sister's like how will this meal happen like are we and he's like well we can take them out and she's like do you have any idea how much that would cost especially in Vancouver where things yeah. are a lot more expensive too and then he's like well we'll just I'll cook and so he he actually like they ended up having one person um there's a story there but I won't tell it but anyway this one guy from the cast came over and he made a whole Hungarian meal for him and my sister's like he has never cooked for us our whole life but here he's like Martha Stewart from Hungary and he made this amazing uh I think he made a goulash and my sister was like it's just so funny and the guy was so excited and and he was from I don't remember like Maybe Romania or something. I can't. Remember. I'm probably wrong about that. But whatever it was, it was he was so appreciative to like have a home cooked meal, especially when you're away, you know, on location. I'm sure that's got to be a drain. You know, you're constantly eating the same kind of like finger foods and stuff. But yeah, so it was just so funny because my dad was very much like everybody come over. Like he would have these. He he was super hospitable, hospitable, but like you know didn't think that through. So. No, that's awesome. Those are great stories right there. And, like, those are just a few. Me and you got to catch up on Friday for, like, 20 minutes. And you're like, this is just the tip of the iceberg of, like, things we came across. Um, and, you know, like, it's been uh, a tough battle for you. I know yes. it's weighed on you and your family the last four years. And you've always talked about how good he's doing and, you know, the highs and the lows and bouncing back from this awful disease. And I think about, like, when we were kids, how rare you would hear the story of cancer. Yeah. And this is something that affects everyone's lives. My uh, stepmother passed away two year, two and a half years ago, or maybe three years ago, of lung cancer. And it's just, it's, it's something that touches everyone's lives in a different way, whether it's a dog, family member, you know, children. It's, it's just the worst. And to see you kind of go through these highs and lows, knowing like how close you and your dad were. You're the oldest of four kids. Mm -hmm. Last Sunday we came in, we, you know, you had a heavy heart already kind of knowing, you know, what was, you know, not to the extent of what was happening. Yeah, definitely and, not to the extent. You know, you kind of contemplated going back and forth and going out there last weekend. We recorded the podcast Sunday morning with Sophie and Lori we hung out with Mackenzie and Tracy doing the cricket and mm -hmm. we, we locked up the school, went home and then you called and you're like, Jess says I need to come out there and catch a flight. Yeah. And it was so immediate. It was so immediate. 
and, you know, things weren't good and, you know, your mindset is I have to prepare for 128th graders that are going to come through my door tomorrow and talk about what that whirlwind was of, you know, hearing that news, booking a flight and... Yeah. So I, um, I, you know, I, when I left here, you know, my sister had called and I didn't, I purposely didn't answer that. And I told her that later. I said, I just, I knew that whatever it was, it was something I was going to need to give full attention to. So I waited till I was by myself, but, um, I, so I was not prepared. So basically she just said, you know, dad is not doing well, but, uh, he probably has like, I don't know, a week or a couple of weeks. But you should come out straight away. You should come out soon. And the reason is, is he's coherent right now, so you want to be able to, like, talk to him. So I didn't really think I was going out for his funeral or anything like that. I just thought I was going out to kind of be there with her. He didn't leave any kind of medical instructions, so I didn't want that to fall on my sister only. And I just kind of wanted to be able to interact with him and, you know, see him. And she was very adamant, you need to come out today. And I was like, well, let me go Monday let me go to work on Monday. Let me get everything situated. I can set up my class, blah, blah, blah. Because you have so much responsibility in your own mind when you're a teacher. Like, you you don't just up and leave. You just don't. Like, that's just not how it is. And because you are torn. Like, you have, you have this side that you want to be there with your family and you want to get everything ready for them. But you can't just leave your, your students high and dry. And you don't want to. So it's this weird feeling like... And, and not only that, but you're not in the right mindset. So how do you sit down and plan for the week when all you can think about is your family member and, like, how your, you know, this horrible thing is happening? So it's even difficult to come up with anything, you know, semi-amazing at that point. Plus, you don't want to leave your other teacher friends high and dry, so you want to find a sub so they don't end up going on sub-rotation and have to cover you. And so there's just a lot of uncertainty. Plus, with that, like, I had no idea how many days I would be out. I think I told you, I'm like, ah, oh, I'll probably be back in, like, a day or two, you know, because I genuinely just thought I was going out for a little bit. And then I thought I would go back for Labor Day weekend. So, yeah, so I just, you know, I'm quickly planning, and, and you know, you were really good about, you know, offering help with the STEM class. But, you know, I, I teach science, and then I teach a STEM class, so that's two different things you have to cover. And it's new. Like, we've only been in school, what has it been, like three weeks, four, you know, something like that. So you're not deep into content where you can have them do a deeper dive into something. And so that's really tricky. And there's not been a lot of stuff established. So some of my go-tos, like a gizmo, where they can really interact and use a simulation and stuff. I haven't that we haven't done that. They haven't set it up this year. So it was very much like a. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And I left my work computer here, and I'm the worst, as you know. I'm the worst with passwords. So I couldn't even remember what my password and login information was to get into get a sub. Like I had no idea how to get in there. I must have tried like 25 different things. I'm on the phone with one of one of our other friends, Bonham here. She was like trying to talk me down from the ledge. I had no idea how to get in to even do that. So I figured it out, yay. And now it's <laughs> saved on my other computer. But you know, and then you know, I was trying to like use tools that we've used when you're gonna be out. So the screencastify was really helpful. I can talk to my kids and do a video and kind of explain things and what I was looking for. But it was really hard. It was really hard to know how to set that up, to have to set that up, and also be mentally someplace else. And then I'm the worst packer. So even knowing that's lingering, I don't even know what I brought, but it was like a hot mess. I looked, oh my gosh, it was a hot mess. And, and you know, both of us, like, you know, we pride ourselves on, A, it's hard enough to get a sub in eighth grade science classroom. Yeah. You know, that's a daunting task. You got to find that special breed. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Miss Toomey yeah, and the other huge. two subs who covered your no, class this Toomey week. Toomey and one. Uh, yeah. Toomey plus yeah, one. Um, so it was just awesome that, you know, you're able to kind of find someone that, you know, you could like communicate, go back and forth, but just, you know, planning for a day is, is a daunting task. So and hard. sub plans, you want, you want those subs to feel confident. You want the kids, like, you know, you're torn between your family and your students and you want to give them, you know, not a day that's lost or, you know, and, and so for to plan for on top of dealing with everything else that was going on was, you know, just an, an off, you know, just an awful thing to be thrown on your plate. And, you know, like you're, like you said, like, we just don't get to walk, step away and deal with all this stuff. You know, you're going back and forth, making sure the sub knows what to do, logins, plans, everything's all situated. 
So Sunday night comes around, you book your flight, you try to get your plans all situated. Again, you don't want anyone to go in sub row because you don't want anyone to be in a bad mood on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, so that's that true. You don't want to start your week. You get on the plane, and you, you said you were just an emotional mess, like Yeah, so thank God and, it's only 47 minutes long. Yeah. But yeah, Southwest, I was the last group to board, which I forgot how that works. But I'm in between two people, and I just was crying the whole time. And, like, literally no one addressed that I was just crying. I was very quiet. But I was just, I was just heartbroken. <laughs> like, I was just heartbroken. But I will say this. I'm sitting at the gate, and I had so many people, like, contacting me, like, you know, our community. Like, so I had teachers saying, like, send me your stuff. I can make copies, whatever you need. Like, everybody's just touching base. You know, I talked to, to Toomey on the phone, um, working through all the sub stuff, and just everyone was so supportive and accessible. And just, like, I think that that was part of the reason I was so sad. It was just like, oh, my gosh, like, this is such a big deal. And then I was so overwhelmed by, like, people's kindness about it, you know. Yeah, and it truly is a great community, and everyone came around you, and, you know, we were just rooting for you and wanted to help you in any way that we could, and it's just great to kind of see that, that outpouring of love, and you might not see that, like you're talking about, you have a friend at the high school level, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're dealing with the hardest thing that you probably had to deal with to this point in your life, um, saying goodbye to your dad, and just this community, how they kind of picked you up. Yeah, and I, when I was talking about that with my with my good friend, she was saying, you know, she used to work here years ago, and she was talking about, you know, at a high school level, you just don't, it's difficult to create that same sense of community and that tight-knit um, environment, but she misses that, and she knew that where I was, I would be so well insulated and, like, supported in, the, in a way that she, you know, she wishes she had, because it really does help you heal and like cope with all of that to have that kind of support. And I cannot, I cannot imagine what that would be like someplace else. I just can't imagine not having that because it really was something that was just instrumental in me being able to even come back on, you know, I mean, some people are like, you came back so early, you know, that's all relative because it's pretty draining. Like it's a long time to be gone and like be nonstop in your grief. And, you know, so I was, I was definitely ready at that point. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you took some time. You took four days to be with your family, help kind of deal with those things. And the, the teacher news always to rush back. You're like, I got to get back. I got to do is. this. And I was so happy that you took that extra day when you stayed Thursday. I'm like, everything will figure itself out. Just, spend this time with your family and you just like kind of said I really needed this day uh, to be with my family to you know to grieve together and kind of go over these things and and that's the thing when life happens as a teacher it's you know you know the bell still rings and things uh, continue and go on and you know you have to find that balance of family and get those sub plans in and make sure your students are taken care of and they're getting the absolute best education possible and I know that's something that you struggle with and you know like you even kind of went back you're like I need to be back there and I was like just stay away just stay away you need to be there and it's hard you do feel like because you 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 know teaching if you're I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive but teaching if you're doing it right is not really a job it's something that you you are like that's where you want to be you know and so for it's me like my grandfather always said he's like if you find something you love you, you'll never work a day in your life yeah and, and that's how I feel so it wasn't like I didn't want to be back because I did that's the hard thing is like I wanted to be teaching I wanted to be back in my class with my kids I missed my kids however you know these circumstances with my family everybody was so raw and there was so much to do and like I needed that time but I felt these two opposing feelings so strongly and this one um, mom sent me an email actually it was Monday and she had said I just want you to know that when my daughter got into the car today she said how much it meant to her that you had made a video explaining things because you know she knew that you were scrambling to try and get to the hospital and all of that stuff but that that you took the time to connect with the kids and and touch base in like such a, a vulnerable way and all that it really meant so much to her and I knew that was true because the, the student actually came up to me on Friday and reiterated that same thing. And it just, you forget, like, 
you are human and you have these things, but, you know, what you're trying to do for these kids when you're setting these things up, it really can make such a big difference to them. Even just to show them how we're processing grief and, like, going through things and we can, you know, we're human and they're going to see that side, but that they get to see this other side too that they're very important and that we're making that effort for them. It's a big responsibility. You don't, it's hard to have a bad day as a teacher. Yeah. I mean, it's a really hard thing because it's tough on the kids. And Screencastify is an amazing tool oh my that, gosh, I love it. you know, you can record your screen, pop that in. I do it for all my sub plans as well. So I feel like I'm in the classroom with them, let everyone know my expect- expectations. It's easier on the sub. So if you're not using Screencastify, um, we really encourage you to. It's a Google Chrome extension. It's amazing. Like, I might have been. That might have been the saddest Screencastify I've ever recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty sad that day. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. that You know, they, they can see me at that moment. But then you think of, like, the power of technology and education, and you kind of flipped it there. And, um, you know, you need to help, like, with your STEM class on Wednesday. I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw this together for you. It's going to be great. It really was, And I know too. you were kind of, like, hitting a wall in your own sense. Um, you talk about the power of video, and they did, like, an origami boat challenge where they had to create these boats out of paper and how many pennies they had uh, to get float on their boat. But then I, I flipped that, and I was like, can you just put a QR code in uh, to this Google Slides? For Flipgrid, so I wanted the students to kind of like show you their boat, tell you their name of the boat, make a prediction, and then come back at the end. I don't know if they got to the second video and tell me how, tell you how many pennies they got to float in your boat. And uh, when I talked to some of the students, they said it was like such an awesome lesson uh, that only a couple of them could actually get through folding there. But like you know, you needed that pickup as oh well to kind of like you needed to hear and uh, see from your students. Uh, what they were doing in the classroom yeah. and because you just love these kids and you just really love what do. you do and I really do I mean and that that Wednesday night before so it was the last day I had to do my regular sub plans and I remember we got we left my dad's house because we went through all of his belongings that day which was pretty raw it was pretty awesome I was saying I've never laughed and cried so much in one day like so much and I'm not a big crier so this was you know pretty cathartic for me this trip but we left his house at like I don't know must have been like 8 30 so we're trying to drive around to find some place to eat because of course we hadn't like planned that out but we're just exhausted because we've been physically moving all this stuff everything my I guess and your dad was the same when we helped move his house I guess like older people they buy really heavy stuff I'm not (laughs) sure I'm not sure why all their stuff has to be so heavy but everything was so heavy so we leave and we're trying to find food I mean we didn't end up getting finding a place that was open and actually getting back with food till like 9.30. We get back and all the kids are awake. It's like Lord of the Flies. They're they're just, they've been, you know, without us all day. And so everybody's wanting our attention and we have all this stuff from my dad's house. And I'm in the midst of all of this trying to write out my sub plans and my mom's Wi-Fi keeps fa- failing. And I'm like a mess. I can barely function. <clears throat> and I'm just like, you know, you just have to do this. Like, you, I have to get this done. I have to do this for the sub. I have to do this for my kids. And it's just the weirdest feeling because you're just so – it's like I, – I mean, I can't imagine being sick and doing it in that moment. You know, that would have been the only thing that could have made that more challenging. But it's just it's the weirdest like feeling of, like, being mixed on something. You know, you want to do it, but you're so tired and you want someone else to adult for you, you know. That was just one of the, but I I did, and I got it done, and the Wi-Fi, thank God, it worked, and it was all good, so. Again, these these, uh, teacher struggles we have there. Now, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you talked about, you you know, as you came back, you didn't realize, like, what a rad dude your dad was in terms of, like, letters, just little trinkets that you found, and, you know, you just, in this loss, I felt like. Your heart was so full um, from the different things that you came across. We found so many things. Uh, well, and it was cool because my dad's brother was was with us, and he and my dad are very, very close. And so he shared a lot of stories that we didn't know. But then we found letters and letters and letters, mostly that my grandmother, my dad's mom, had saved that he had written home from Vietnam, um, and which is pretty remarkable, you know, just to have that kind of a uh, a piece of history so not just um because he wrote some things about being a veteran I mean you know being over there and his experiences but then uh a lot of it was just prior to that but he wrote this one letter that we were just like we were just crying it was we're laughing so hard so I guess he went AWOL 
at some point. He went, he was supposed to show up at home on a certain night, and he didn't. So his parents, now mind you, there was no cell phones or anything, so <laughs> whatever. But he, in the letter, he says, like, I'm very sorry for upsetting you and causing you to worry. However, I don't think it was necessary for you to, um, what did he say? Uh, alert sick, the National Yeah, alert, the, alert the, um, the federal government about me going AWOL and sending them after me. So basically they dimed him out for being <laughs> AWOL. <laughs> so he was, he, he was in a lot of trouble. And in this letter, you could just see him being spicy with his parents. And um, there were just so many things like that. And then, you know, for a lot of people that know me, my name is Christine Aurora, which is a hilarious name for me because, I don't know, it's just very princessy and that's not really me. But my name is from my dad's two favorite girlfriends, which we always find to be hilarious. And one of them, Aurora, we found a lot of letters from, we found some letters from her and some letters that he had written referencing her. And just to see that human side of him and like how much that person had meant to him was a really, it was just a very touching thing. And just, you know, I was telling the students when I got back, you know, you know, when you're gone, what you leave behind is all these things like your emails and your texts and, you know, your pictures and all these things. It's like tells a story of who you were. And so to be going through that afterward is just really odd, but it's like almost getting to know a different side that you didn't even know was there, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was amazing how you talked about how much you learned about your name and, you know, these stories and how you guys laughed and cried. And yeah. it was just like one of the best days and, uh, the, I mean, the beautiful thing is your dad has four amazing kids. You're the oldest of four. That's why I'm so mature. I exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are the ages of your siblings? I do not know that. Okay. I do not know that. <laughs> I legit do not know that. But I'm the oldest. That's what I know. My All sister's right. the youngest. All right. So you're the oldest. Your brother, Shondor, lives in Colorado. Yeah, and so does Zach. And Zach. And He's then my sister, Jess, is in Woodland Hills. California for yeah. those people. California. Geography lesson. Yeah. Um, and at the funeral, everyone just talked about, you know, how proud your dad was of all four of you and just kind of, you know, meeting these people that you'd never met before is just truly amazing kind of sharing the stories about like how, how proud he was of all four of you. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, the, the weird thing is the, the aftermath, like when you are, well, after someone dies and like, you're just trying to, everybody wants to share their story with them and with you about him. And that is a gift, it is a gift, but it's like ripping the scab off over and over. So it's super raw. But after his funeral, um, and he's Muslim, so he was buried, uh, you know, they did the viewing and then they did the prayers and then they do, everything is very rapid fire. Like he passed away on a, like a whatever day, Monday at five and they already had his funeral the next day by one. And so it was a lot, it was processing a lot in a very small amount of time. But there, there's a lot of people I've never met. And so people would just constantly come up to my sister and I and talk about like our dad and stuff. And it would catch you off guard because you realize like my dad had such an impact. Like he connected with all these people and they all knew that he was a character. So you kind of knew that they knew the same guy that you did because they had some funny stories about that. But you know, it was just a really cool thing. But so many people, I don't think I told you this, but so many people stopped me on the after the service, but before the gravesite that the um his wife's kids were texting and saying, you better hurry up to get to the gravesite because they don't wait and, like, we're running out of time. And all these people kept stopping me to talk about my dad. And, you know, of course, then we're all crying and everybody's crying. And it's very um, touching because they, he meant a lot to a lot of people. But we barely made it to the – like, they had already kind of started things. And I'm like, uh, here we are. <laughs> wait for us. So that was just kind of an – everything is very, very fast. And we learned a lot. The good thing is you didn't get lost. You're – you're not one for direction. We did like get lost, myself. actually. Oh, wow. In the in the cemetery, we got lost, but the pin took us to the wrong place. But then we realized, okay, no one's here, so let's go find. And we quickly uh, we quickly figured that out. But yeah, we did get lost. But I wasn't driving. Okay, that's yeah. good. But those stories and that impact, and you know, like you know, I kind of see, you know, just we sharing those stories. It's so much of like who you are, and like you just have such a zest for life and you love people. Like I love you, people. You're, you're someone that just loves to get lost, but you also love people. 
Um, you know, you'll always have this for you and your family, and I can't imagine like how hard you know, this past week has been for you. But to to learn those things about your dad and hear those stories, and to know his battle that he's been dealing with the last four years, and it's just it it's kind of mind blowing of you know what he's had to deal with, but uh-huh. still to have his mind and his personality and to have these stories just it's. It's truly, you know, it's it's the hardest thing that you're you, you have you've had to deal with, and I, sure. I'm so sorry for your loss. But I love that you have those stories and those moments. And this past week, you know, it's it's kind of hard to separate the teacher self from the family self, and you're there. But even though you might be there physically, you're not there mentally because you're thinking about all the things you have to do as a teacher, the things you have to get ready what's happening here and you know it's it's unless you're a teacher like a lot of times with my wife it's sometimes she's like oh just just take a sick day you know take a day off I'm like you don't understand how much work goes into that and you know when you're not an educator no disrespect to people who aren't educators you you don't understand like that mindset and how much goes into like your kids and you want to make sure you do right by them by doing a b and c but yet you're trying to deal with scenario d over here yeah well and then when i came back you know choosing to come back friday instead of waiting for the long weekend um i didn't know how the kids were going to be because they all need something different from their teacher well not just their teacher but the adults in their life they just they all need something different and you do not know what that is from each student to you know from one student to the next and so I know there were some that needed me to, they needed to see that I was sad still because that was something that I knew would make them feel better. Like, okay, someone's died that was important to her. I need to see that side of her. So, you know, you, you're looking for that. And then there's other kids that just need to see that you're okay and, like, you're going to be strong and that they're gonna, you're going to be okay through it. And then there's kids that want you to talk about it, kids that don't want you to talk about it. So it's hard to find that balance of, like, what you need to be for everybody. But when I got here... You know, I had this steady stream of kids coming in the whole morning um, before school started just to pay their condolences and just just to make sure I was there, like to see that I came back. And and they just were so incredibly kind and empathetic uh, with what I was going through that that is something that I will never, ever forget in my life. Like just what that felt like to see these kids genuinely care about that I was sad and that I had lost someone. And, you know, it's hard. Like, it's a hard skill to give kids. Empathy is a hard thing. And this group of students is just, they're amazing. They just are so genuinely kind and giving with their hearts like that that it was just, uh, I could not ask for a better way to return. It was a hard day, but, you know, just seeing them and their support. And, like, so many of the kids, like, they're years beyond where they should be but they wrote me so many cards that were like we're here for you and the funny thing is is like they really are you know that's what's so weird is like they're so young but I know that they really genuinely are like we're gonna be fine like if you need to cry if you need whatever you do what you need to do we're gonna be here for you and it was really really touching and this is a group that you're always gonna remember because what you went through and you read all those letters before you left campus on Friday and it was rough. And I remember you telling me, you're like, you're like just the outpouring of love from Mm -hmm. this group of kids just meant so much to you. And as hard as it was being back on Friday, just you were just blown away by their compassion. I really was. Yeah, I really was. And just, and you know, and it's difficult because you, you don't know what the year is going to you don't know what will trigger you or what will bring things about, but they experience this with me in a lot of ways, and so I know it's kind of a safe place to just kind of process that. And and what's really tough is I teach cancer. I teach about cancer this year, and I told them in every class this will be this will be a really different year in that respect because it's become. I mean, it was already really personal because my dad was battling, but now it's just it's different. Can I talk about Ella's thing really fast? Oh, you got more time. Um, I just want to talk about like my kids missed you, so they they know like what a, a struggle. One kid's a little more empathetic than the other, 
Um, but I know Ryan was just, you know, he was just so excited you were back. That was and so sweet. And I was talking on the phone, and uh, Mackenzie thought I was talking to you. I was talking to Mrs. Schubert, and she just came running in. She's like, Christy, Christy, Christy. And so you mean so much to my kiddos. And I, I know him. Ryan, like, walked in. He was, like, so happy I didn't come in to see you because I, I want to give you your time in the morning. But I know my kids were just so excited to have you back on campus. And, um, you know, it's a hard thing for, you know, kids of all ages. And, you know, your impact means so much to so many kids on this campus. And my kids, I can't say enough how excited they were that you were back. And, you know, I know Ryan walked in and he's like, I know what happened. (laughs) Dad, your dad died (laughs) from cancer. And and you're sad. You know, we talk about empathy a lot as... As, as adults, as trying to embed that in our students, and I know Ryan didn't. That is a big. It's it's huge for him to be empathetic. To oh, that I point. thought it was and he, huge. He, uh, I know he wasn't as. I know he's pretty blunt with what he said. But, but I really you know, liked like, it because uh, I think that that's very much how I wanted to process the day. Is just like let's just say it how it is. Like I didn't want it to be something that people have to kind of guess, like walk on eggshells with me. Like I liked that. I thought it was really appropriate, you know? And I was like, yes, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's why you and Ryan uh, yeah. hang out there and Mackenzie crawled in your lap. She and did. She was, was like stroking my hair. Stroking your hair. Very and, you know, so it was a, a good start to the day. And, it you was. know, kudos to all those uh, staff, the community, yeah. the parents, all those eighth graders you know, kind of uh, pouring their hearts out to you. And this well, is going to be a special year. too, for Sam. That was yeah. huge for him. And I guess he got a lot of support from that group as well. Because, you know, the kids, like, again, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty raw for them. And, like, you know, the community of friends there, they were very kind to him. And his teachers were. I can't even read the messages from his teachers, I, like, a second time. It's like I was just a mess. But it was beautiful, a beautiful gift that they gave to him. So... I'm That's grateful. Awesome. And yeah. Sam, he never misses school. Like no. he'll he'll come to school sick, like unless like he is deathly ill. That's the only time that he will miss school. And you talked about a little bit Ella's, uh, a, you know, super private with her teachers. But there's like this one teacher. She came home that said she reminded me so much of you, and she didn't even tell her teachers that she was going to be. You know, she was dealing with the loss of her grandfather. Yeah. Well, Ella is a lot like. The, our family. So our family, <laughs> I remember, though, at the hospital and then afterward, a lot of our cousins and people that we were talking to, they just said, like, I can't believe you're crying because, you know, again, it's just something we struggle with. We just have not, we're not wired like normal people. However, we definitely were, uh, we definitely made up for that during this. But when I told Ella, she just was broken and she's not, she's very stoic and she normally holds everything together, but she completely, um, broke down and, and had a good cry over my dad's passing away, which was good. And, and you want them to have that, but she did not tell any of her teachers why she was going to be out of town. She just said it was a family emergency. And I had said to her, I wish you would, because teachers need to know where their students are coming from. And she said, no, I, and I think it was because she didn't want them to ease up on the work thing she just wanted to she just wanted them to let her know what she needed to do and didn't like make adjustments for her she's you know she's very disciplined like that but um so she didn't tell them but friday she came back and you know i don't even know how many students do you think a high school teacher has i mean in those 40 50 minute blocks i mean yeah. through a course of a day maybe seeing anywhere over like 500 to 600 kids a day i mean they're gonna have so many students so this one teacher from day one ella loved her just absolutely loved her and she actually shared something that her teacher does how she celebrates birthdays and i said wow I can't do that. Like I have a hundred and whatever, you know, 20 something eighth graders. And she's like, well, my teacher has more and she does this. And she's like, I really like it. So based on that, I started celebrating birthdays this year, which that was really cute. Cause I missed one while I was away. And, um, the kids, you know, did the singing on their own, which was just really, I tried really, to capture really... a video of it. I got like the very end there. It was really, really special. Uh, that meant a lot to me, but 
so anyway, I, I do these birth, this birthday thing now because of this teacher, Mrs. Bondi at Ridge. She's phenomenal. And she just exudes kindness and love. And I recognized that when I went to their curriculum night and I told her how much Ella loved her. But then when Ella came back on Friday, she, Mrs. Bondi said, Ella, we miss you so much. And she's like, come here, let me give you a hug. And like, that meant so much to Ella. And she came home and you could just tell like, it touched her heart in such a big way. Just the fact that someone knew she was gone, that it, it meant something to her, and that she like had this tenderness towards her. And so I reached out and told Mrs. Bondi what a, what a special moment that was for Ella and as a parent how much that meant. And I did tell her about my dad just so that she knows. I mean, just think of all the things that our kids are going through that we just don't know, that people don't share with us, and there's no way to know what kind of hurts they're going through. Maybe they're having, they're like kind of having a rough day in your class behavior wise, but you don't even know it might be because of, you know, whatever. And so I try and be really transparent with my kids just so they always know. Like if I, like the, I think the week prior I had told the kids, I might be having a bad day today because my dad went into the hospital and, you know, Ella's trying to find out if she's making this badminton team. So I feel a little bit raw, you know, just kind of be honest and, you know, let them know, like, I may not be my best today and I'm going to work through that and I'm not going to use that as an excuse, but I want you to understand um, so it was amazing that that teacher did that for Ella because at a high school level, it takes a lot to know your kids like that. And, and, but that impact, Ella will always remember that. Just that one act of kindness, she will always remember that. Yeah, and we always talk about like building that culture and relationships with the kids. Like That's the number one factor mm-hmm. and like how these kids will remember you a long way down the road and you know it's so cool like you know you've been singing in the cafeteria to all these kids for on their birthday and you're gone and already that, that culture is already like you know been embedded within these eighth grade kids and it was so great to see them singing like without you being there and I was like oh fumbling around trying to get my phone it went so quick and I know that meant a lot to you when you oh. were kind of going through and dealing with everything I was a mess and actually that student I meant to get in there I guess we were on heat advisory on Friday and I did not look at my emails. That was one step that I just couldn't take on that day. But uh, I guess we're on heat advisory. So the kids were leaving the cafeteria earlier than we normally would. And so they were starting to leave. And I knew it was somebody's birthday like that day. So I made them all stay and we sang. And then they were like, well, it was Brayden's birthday that day. And so I had said, well, I know. And that I meant to come in early enough to do it. So they were saying, like, we can't forget this person. We can't forget this person. And so they already, in their minds, every single per- person's birthday is important to them. Even kids that are not friends with the other kids. Like, they don't have to be, like, these aren't just their best buds. These are just kids that they know are in eighth grade that they're having a birthday. And they want every single kid celebrated. And I am completely blown away by that. It's just amazing. You know? It's truly amazing when you think about the culture and the power of kindness. And you had a story you want to share about our good friend, Mrs. Copenhaver. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, she's just the poster child for, for kindness and positivity. She really and, is. You know, I don't think I've ever seen her frown. Maybe that one day she was filming carpool karaoke. Oh, she was really mad at us. Oh, yeah, she, she was pretty <laughs> upset that day. Uh, but, but, but she, she, she you know, you know, 99.9% of her life, she is just like the poster child of, of upbeat, like picking people up, mm-hmm. like high fives, smiles. Like she'll yell to my kids across the campus, happy Friday, Lane kids. And every time she sees me, like she could be 100 yards away. She'd be like, Lane, what's going on? And, yeah. you know, those little things just kind of pick you up. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess all year, well, all year, I don't even know. Where, I still don't even know how many days we've been in school. But since the beginning of school, she has a new duty, um, must be before yeah, before school. So I guess wherever she's posted, there's it's over by the bus, where the bus drivers come in. So she said she waves to this, this bus driver every single morning. She doesn't know him. She, you know, she's not met him or anything, but she just waves to him every morning. And so that, on Wednesday, she was having a tough day. She knew, she had met my dad this summer um and it was pretty impactful it was a really you great actually, visit you got to hang out with her your sister's yeah, house yeah, in california so, and she had said that day i'm so glad i got to meet your dad like he's really spec- you know he's pretty special uh, you know he's hilarious he was so oh gosh whatever but anyway so it was a great visit and so it was really she was having a hard time because she felt sad for me and about my dad and uh, and she was having her own battle about something else that she knew that she had just found out about on Wednesday. And she was having a really rough morning. So she went out to go to her duty, and the bus driver that she waves to every morning 
called her over, or stopped and called her over, and he pulls out his lunch pail and says, that makes me sound like a 90-year-old lunch pail, <laughs> lunch box, I don't know what you call it. But anyway, so he said, I just really felt like I needed to bring you this today. So he had gone to a bakery in Scottsdale and got her like this fancy schmancy um, cookie, and he was like, I just wanted to do this for you today. And she said she, like, got really choked up. And just the kindness of that, and she just needed it. She was having a really, really tough morning. And so the community, like, this is your bus, you know, it's a bus driver, so it's, like, how it extends out. And then that same day, um, she said just a random student from the previous year came over and said, I just wanted to say thank you. And she said, you know, for what? And she's like, I just, you know, thank you for everything that you've done for me. And just out of nowhere. And you just realize, like, all of, like, this is what helps us, like, as a community. Like, it's that we're all connected and these little acts of kindness. And, and not only that, but you just don't always know what people are going through and, and what that bus driver did for her on that day and what that student did for her on that day. Just listening to that voice to say, like, I, I think you should follow through on this. And then when they do, just you don't know what that means to people. You know, just so many people, like notes that I got, like texts and, you know, that email from that mom telling me about the video. Those things are just so powerful when you take the time to, like, extend those kindnesses. And it really can help people, like, just buoy them when they're struggling, you know. It's just an incredible feeling. I love stories of kindness. Our, so when we follow Dory, you know, the ultimate maker on Twitter, like her favorite quote, she's always posting um, things about, you know, if you can be anything in the world, be kind. And that's something I always tell my kids. And, you know, this has been a hard week for you. And just all these stories that, you know, you know, the days are going to be tough and there's going to be times where you're going to look back on these things that kind of really push you through. Even yesterday, you said it was a, it was a rough day for you. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming in and kind of sharing, you know, that, that personal side of yourself and how much like you've had to go through this week, but how much these people, this community, this school has really picked you up when you needed, you need someone to kind of really push you to that next level. And, yeah, it's true. Uh, I love the stories you shared, and, you know, I hope this is something that you always look back on, and, you know, when you have a day, you can kind of come back and listen to this podcast and remember, like, you know, how amazing your dad was. I mean, he truly was a rad dude, and, um, you know, you know, the planet lost, the planet lost a special one last week, and thank you so much for being so real and willing to kind of share how much you had to go through as as a parent, as a daughter, as a teacher, as a friend to uh, really muscle through this past week. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a tough week, but you know what? It's all going to be good. You know, his memory lives on, so that's a gift. And I think with that, we're going to... We're going to, hopefully this is our most somber podcast we record, <laughs> um, but it, it was truly amazing. And I loved, I loved hearing all those stories and, you know, just kindness trumps all. And uh, we, we miss you, Mrs. Schofield's dad. Yeah. If you're like us and you can't get enough of the Nailed It wall, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And me at a positive proton.